Welcome to C3 Church Tagra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Phil Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. As you have lived, so have you believed. Embrace your identity is what we're talking about. This is the most marvelous course that we've ever put through this church. And I believe it's God sent. I believe it's timely. I believe it's revelation knowledge. It's a course we're doing. It's padded out with Bible college curriculum. We're doing it in our connect groups. Please do it. Many of us are living with a spiritual kind of amnesia. People don't realize, you know, Jason Bourne, Bourne series, he forgets who he is. He wakes up, but he realizes, oh my God, this is pretty handy. I can do good stuff here. Uh, Why am I so highly trained? Why am I wired like this? Why am I able to defeat the enemy? And uh, he realizes he was very, very trained up by this secret organization. But it's very much like us. We're born onto this planet. We forget who we are. We've got a kind of spiritual amnesia, forgetful of who we really are. Negative circumstances constantly send us the message that we are far less than what the New Testament declares, words of Phil Pringle. Often theology has been twisted to conform to the defeated negative thinking of people who are interpreting life and God through their circumstances. When we submit to Scripture rather than submit the Scripture to us, our identity in Christ comes alive. So this is really the bottom line, understanding that you're a child of God, but there's much more to your identity in that. 2 Corinthians 1.22 in the NLT, the New Living Translation, says this. We're talking about embracing our identity in Christ. If you've got your Bibles, please take notes. I'm going to go through a couple of scriptures and bring us to a place. Um, he has, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 1.22, he identified us as his own by placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts. So if you're not saved yet, Guess what? When you just say yes to Jesus, not when you get religious, not when you have to jump through a series of hoops attending a certain amount of church services, but when you just simply say, I believe Jesus, I believe him, I trust him, that he died on the cross for my sin. When you do that, I receive him. I receive forgiveness of my sins. I receive Jesus as my Savior. I welcome him into my heart. When that happens, the Bible says that he identifies you as his own, which is amazing. Placing the Holy Spirit in our hearts, the Bible says. And this is what we got to realize. And the connotation of this message is hugely positioned in the fact that when you receive Christ, the Holy Spirit was placed in your heart. Amen? Gee, my mind, this message is huge. My mind is actually just going down a lot of little avenues of analogies and and, and stuff, of understanding my journey of coming to a place of realizing of where, what God's done for me over the years. And even looking back on my life, I'm starting to realize more of my identity even in the natural with my own mom. And I'm even three major revelations I've had about my own mom. I just realized my mom moved up from Sydney to the Central Coast because she, she loves me. I said, do you think, she, yeah, of course, didn't you know that? Oh, okay, wow, didn't know that, wow. And there was other two that are personal, two other revelations that God gave me. And so at times, God, God gives you this understanding of 
the true nature of things. Your faith will grow stronger as you focus on your identity in Christ. Galatians chapter 2 says it like this. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. Now, for the people who are just coming into the things of God, you may be seeking God. You, you're not, you know, it's first time in church. I, I need to just c- clarify. I've been crucified with Christ, meaning that your old self, that sinful self of yours, that propensity to want to go the other way as a part to the way, that selfishness, that separateness of you from God, that person, that flesh and blood, you was crucified and that no longer lives. But Christ now lives in me and you're a new creature in Christ. Christ lives in me. The life I now live in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, Christ died for nothing. So the law is not the way. The works of the flesh are not the way. So we need to abandon this, I guess, image of ourselves that was maybe perfected in the world, and we're brilliantly doing that through the course, realizing how the world's conditioned us. And then you need to stop accepting what people have said about you, Um, and how people have defined you even and labeled you, and then you need to realize what God says about you, that he's pleased with you, and how he created you. God defines you by this understanding that you're his. You're not defined by feelings, you're not defined by opinions, you're not defined by others or circumstances, you're not defined by successes or failures, you're not defined by the car you drive, although I would debate that, the money you make or the house, men love their cars. So do girls, don't tell me you don't. The money you make or the house you own, the money you have in the bank or you, you are defined by God and God alone. He defines you as his own. Well, that was a little bit poetic, wasn't it? You are defined by God and God alone. He identifies you as his own because I said at the start in 2 Corinthians 1.22, he has identified you. You are not defined by the world. I know there's a lot of clever minds out there. A lot of clever minds that would allude to you being wired like this. And I was a psych nurse for a little while, 1976. And one of the great things psychiatric nurses would do was psychoanalyze themselves. Newfound knowledge. It was like the tree of good and evil. They had this knowledge of how people were wired. It was basic you know, judgment, critical spirit. I found it very critical and judgmental and I felt very awkward at the time hanging with some of those people. 2 Corinthians one twenty two says, set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. See, the thing is, and what we're trying to teach through the course is that if you don't know who you are, then you're vulnerable to what other people are telling you who you think you are. But can I tell you this, the concrete, the concrete, solid gospel truth is that you are who God says you are and no one else has a vote in the matter. Amen? The identity issue is an important part, of course it is, of living the abundant life. Jesus, of course, and we said this a couple of weeks ago, was able 
to face off the incredible taunts of the enemy. Jesus was able to face the incredible demands of the mission also because he knew exactly who he was. He knew that he mattered to God and that 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 gave him confidence to move purposefully in faith. In fact, you are now identified with Christ and have the power of the Holy Spirit. You are God's precious child. He created you in the way that pleases him. And that's what it means to move forward and realize your identity in Christ. We need to embrace our real identity in Christ. Who we are and what we have in Christ is so important. What we have in Christ. And can I say this? No single other message in the New Testament is so important. This is good days. Paul said, Colossians 1.28, He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. Or if you're on Instagram, hashtag in Christ. Amen? Once we have the reality uh, at the core of our experience with God, our entire approach to everything is revolutionized in that fact. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Now, so you've got to understand, you're a new creature in Christ. When you realize that, when you realize that you're in Christ now, this is a powerful statement. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. Only if you're in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. That's why we're trying to get people in Christ. So all those promises can be theirs. You want healing? You've got to get in Christ. Not you've got to get religious. Not you've got to do all this stuff. Just get in Christ. Well, how, how hard is that? Just, just say yes to Jesus. Do you believe in your heart that he walked the earth, died on the cross, died you know, for your sin? Do you believe that? Because if you do, you can receive him into your heart. You can, be, you can be blessed. You can be saved. You can be a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Verse 21, 2 Corinthians 1, 21. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us. Powerful statement. The anointing is in you. He set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Once that stark reality, like a light globe, goes off in your brain, in your heart, then you can realize what 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, and we might use this version of the Amplified because there's a couple of versions of this. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, now when I, t- when I say engrafted in Christ, that's not religion. Religion is not being engrafted in Christ. When we say religion, we do say it in a negative connotation. There is a good view of religion, but the religion we're talking about is jumping through many hoops, a work of the flesh, appeasing God because you're guilty, you're shameful, and if you think if you do this and do that, and you, you know, and if you serve and you... You know, you 
do whatever, and no, the Bible says that is like filthy rags. It's not gonna get you there. You just gotta assume this fact that Christ is in you, and then realize that you're a new creation, a new creature, a spiritual person now, with God's spirit in you, your body, your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, but now your spirit is alive to God. You just gave God the very right to have his way with you, to speak to you, to compliment you, to affirm you, to encourage you, to empower you. Men like that. See, I got a lot of reaction when I said that. To stand in a fallen world. He is a new creation. New creation people lay hold of the New Testament. That old way of life is gone. We're new creations. We're new creations. The ramifications in that is awesome. Um, we're new creations, a new creature altogether, meaning that we're saved. We've got the Spirit of God in us. We're alive to God. We're spiritual people. Amen? The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. The ethics and, the moral, and the, even the moral value and, and the way we used to walk, even like, just like a good person, that doesn't work anymore. Has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Thank you. Now I'll give my version. Therefore, if anyone is Christ that is grafted in, joined to him, by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn, renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral, spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Spiritual, because spiritual awakening brings new life. We receive a new nature because Father God is now able to source us with his life. It's in us, in our spirit, but then we gotta allow it to transfer to our extremities of our life. The fruit of the spirit should flow eventually. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the long-suffering, and I always miss out one or two, that should manifest because Christ is in you. But I will have to admit, if you're banged up by life a lot, you're going to suppress that version of you a lot. And the spirit within you that's regenerated in Christ, imputed with Christ's righteousness, your spirit is ready to rock to do great stuff, to witness to people, to worship. But, but your identity in, in Christ is to be a priest. Can I just say this? If your spirit within you is saved, we've got to let that spirit begin to morph us and transform us into these new creations. It's a spiritual journey, and the Lord lets us go the long way, bit by bit, but in each and every one of us, Christ has given you a deposit of his Holy Spirit. And the Bible says in 1 John, chapter 2, thereabouts, it says, and the Holy Spirit's been given to you and will teach you all things. Can I say to you, you can read as many books, Christian books, as you like. But it's not so much our head that communes with God. Our head and our brain doesn't know God. Our spirit knows God. Our heart communes with God. 
It's about our spirit realizing our spirit wants to commune with God, wants to worship God, wants to be generous in God, in Christ, wants to smile at people, hashtag in Christ, wants to be a little bit open, which is hard. You know, the world is lots of odd bods out there. I know that, especially for the ladies. But there's got to be a time when you trust God to allow yourself to be open enough to engage the world and the people around you because we need you to disciple others. We need you to be able to help other seekers when you run into them during the week in Christ. Not talking about keeping the rules, attending church, not by religion, only by being in Christ. The Old Testament demanded that we keep the laws that provided they were impossible to keep. Our flesh confirmed that we're incapable of doing it. However, the New Testament is not about keeping the law, but about receiving a new nature through living in Christ. Galatians 2.16 says, Know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. So that we too have put our faith, say faith, in Christ Jesus. That we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. So it's simply arriving into the fact, into the reality of being in Christ, under the shadow of the Almighty, being in His presence, and realizing that the Holy Spirit is in you. In fact, being in Christ is the fulfillment of the New Testament. In Him, I am righteous with His. He is righteous, not mine. Meaning that you can come to church and you can stand in any day, any day that you face, any bad hair day that you face, and you can simply... I know that you love me. I know I, I'm feeling bad with the stuff I've done. And, but the, the greatest revelation you can have is realizing that you're greatly loved. And there's nothing that you, even the serial killer, there's a serial killer last week, got saved. And he was, God, yeah, sure thing. He got saved. Get used to it because God loves him. Yeah, but he killed seven people. God loves him because God is love. He can't do anything else. He, he, he'll deal with the, the other stuff appropriately when he goes to heaven. It's appointed under man to die once, once only, then the judgment. But at, at this stage, we've got to realize that that serial killer is saved because of God's unbridled love for him. You're working in Mount Penang for a number of years, juvenile justice uh, boys who were in there for more than overdue library books. They were murderers, murderers, uh, and anyway, terrible kids got themselves used by the devil. And uh, I used to take over the night shift at 10 o'clock, and I walk in there and uh, by myself, and there was two youth workers looking after the afternoon shift. I said, you're going to be all right with this? I said, trust me, I'll be all right. The kids were climbing the walls, 30 kids in a dormitory climbing the walls, angry, tearing into each other, hitting each other over the head, and, you know, just terrible. And I said, no, just get out. I just knew I had to get those guys out so I could take authority in Christ. That was the best thing I ever learned in Mount Penang, that we have authority. And under my breath, I'd be in this shatterproof glass office. I say, under my breath, of course, uh, not pointing at them. (laughs) In the name of Jesus, I bring down every foul demonic spirit in this place. 
it will bow its knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. See, I was learning my identity in Christ, that I had authority. I cast down every murderous spirit, every spirit of rebellion, every spirit of lawlessness. I cast it down in Jesus' name. I speak peace into this place. I come against chaos. I take charge over the spiritual atmosphere of this place right now. And all of a sudden, kids are going, and I'm like this for about half an hour. They knew my routine, the boys, after about three months of this. They knew, they're like, what's wrong with that guy? He just, just paces up and down, looks at us. <laughs> Who is that guy anyway? I kind of like him. We get some sleep that night. The last two kids were the kingpins of the whole dormitory. And they were right up against my office. And they'd say, so we want to stay up a little bit longer and play cards. I said, yeah, you can stay up a bit longer. But if anyone else gets out of bed, you guys are going to pay for it. And they used to just lift up their heads like this. You've got to be wise as serpents, generally snarks. But the authority we have in Christ is because we are priests and kings. We walk into a situation as a king. The Bible says we're kings in Revelation. You are kings and priests. Now, ladies, you just have to get used to that, some, some of this. But a king has authority. When we land into a situation, when we land into a hospital ward, the king decrees healing. The king rebukes the spirit of death. And we declare God's will be done. And we declare it as a king. What's a priest do? He's the one that's praying, interceding. Why am I lent to praying and interceding? Why am I lent to worshiping? Why do I want to do this? Because you're a priest. That's your identity in Christ. You're a new creation. You're magnificently created in him to make a difference on planet earth. Amen? You've got to let that new identity through. Now, I don't know, but I'm older than you, but I used to watch a movie called Journey to the Sound of the Earth. And, you know, there was, yeah, yeah, everyone's going, yeah, 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 yeah. There was Hans, the Swedish tour guide, taking him to the center of the earth. There was the English explorer with his lovely friends, uh, one lovely girl and another. Always a romantic situation in these stories, isn't it? And there was a bad guy who was usurping everything that they were trying to discover. They were trying to get to the center of the earth. I got this image of this movie. They finally made it. Gertrude, unfortunately, the the goose got cooked, I think. Um, The bad guy ate the goose because they were all hungry. They woke up and the feathers were everywhere. And uh, it's a bit like Julie's birdcage. All these feathers are everywhere in the bottom. I didn't have the heart to tell her that one of the birds has been massacred. Uh, And I said, Julie, look been a couple of hours now, I just have to tell you, one of your birds is just completely gone. I can't even see the, the remnants. It's just feathers everywhere. I said, what are you talking about? And she said, she came out and she looked and said, I put that in for, for them to make, it's stuff you buy apparently, so they can make a nest. <laughs> said, what are you talking about? She said, no, that's, their, that's stuff for their nest to make the nest. So Gertrude got eaten in during the center of the earth. They finally got to the center of the earth and they were spat out. And I said, Lord, what are you giving me this imagery for? Because the Lord said, that's exactly what it's like, you being in Christ. I'm in you. And it's a journey from your head. It's a journey from your life to 
to Christ in you. It's like a journey. There's pitfalls. There's bad guys. There's stuff. There's monsters. And, but the Bible says, bit by bit, they took the promised land. See, you just don't arrive in your salvation and that's it. You're on a journey. You've got to move forward through the Bible. The Bible's your only lamp. Your Bible's the lamp of your path. Imagine going camping with some of these people without the lamp. You know, I've seen people camp. We go to a camp spot and they don't even have a lamp. How do you find they tripping over the... Oh, someone just went down. Just, uh, they didn't have a lamp. Of course it's dark. There's no power on this side. You've got to have your Bible. And you, you've got to have your lamp. And you've got to discover who you are in Christ. Revelation knowledge is what you need. It's the Word of God that gets down into the very core of who you are, into the very inner recesses of who you are. Let's do that PowerPoint before I finish. And in Him, I'm righteous with His righteousness, not mine. In Him, I have the mind of Christ, the wisdom of God. In Him, I am complete. Utter forgiveness is my portion. Deliverance and healing is my portion. In Him, I am completely protected from the attacks of the devil, that the evil one touches me not. In Him, I have total redemption. In Him, I've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's Son. Christ is my new currency. He is the currency of heaven. Jesus Himself, in fact, introduced this concept by saying in John 15, 4, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Ephesians 3, 17 says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, you my friend, being rooted and established in love. See, God lives in the environment. Christ lives in the environment of faith. Let Christ live in you. Let Christ live in your heart. Let Christ live in you. Live in Christ. Ephesians 3.14 says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.